To be the best, you need to play with the best. You might not have your own personal high-level circle of women yet, but you can hang with us on The Female Millionaire Show. I'm Edori Verity, serial entrepreneur for over 25 years, and I interview badass female founders and cut through to what you really need to know. So in 20 minutes, you have what can take years to learn. If you're wanting to play bigger, come play with us. Join the female entrepreneur revolution today. Cheers. We have one of my favorite people here today. It's Miss, Mrs. Adri Miller Heckman. And I have known Adri, we've known each other for almost two years, I think. Yeah. Right? Yeah, she's amazing. So she is the founder of FemX Advisor, and she's all about helping women build a successful financial practice in a world dominated by men. And she knows because you have you were working for Solomon Brothers and Smith Barney for yes. like 20, almost 20 years. Yeah, I was an assistant for about 10 years. And then when I was at uh, Smith Barney, they asked me to become a financial advisor simply because Smith Barney and Merrill Lynch were sued. There was a big sexual harassment class action, and they were mandated by the courts to hire 25% of their new hires had to be women. And so they were desperate, right? Not that I wasn't good, but they were, and that opened the door for a lot of women. How interesting. I did not know that. I just watched um, the big short. Um, So I learned a lot about the financial industry and why that all happened. But um, I did not know about the lawsuit. So I guess it turned out I'm glad that that happened um, because. I I need. But, you know, what's interesting, Midori, the numbers haven't changed. It was like. Um, when I was hired, it was about 15 to 18 percent women. And you know what the numbers are today? 15, 15 to 18 percent women. Really? That yes. is shocking. Yes. To me. Yeah. Okay, so and here was part of the problem is that um, at the time I, I then became a national training officer for Smith Barney. And they were trying to up their numbers instead of 25% of new hires, make it 35% of new hires. The problem was they hired a lot of women, but they didn't have a business model and a process designed for women. And that's why I did what I did. Right. Okay. Femex, Femex Advisor is a business model designed for women. And so a lot of those women failed. So interesting. And Let's talk about it a little bit, because what I'm all about is helping women play bigger, as we talked about, right? It's all about, you know, we have so many big dreams. Some of us need to be more independent um, for various reasons. And, but as women, we often play smaller than we're capable of, right? Yes. And so what I love about what you're doing is you're helping women play bigger. That's why you're on the show. That's why I am such a super Adri fan. But let's talk about that. So you came, you weren't planning on being a financial advisor. No, although I was completely registered. I had everything, but I had three kids, little kids, and I had a very difficult husband. And so I couldn't imagine being a financial advisor at the time until they offered it to me. 
And it took me about 30 seconds to say yes. But it was risky, right? I got my husband to leave after a year and there was no money. There was no money. I had a meager salary and there was a defining moment in my career. I mean, I was making the numbers, but it really takes a number of years to get to a point where you're making enough, right? And there was a defining moment for me when I sat there and thought, okay, I got these three kids and they were emotionally distraught because of the divorce and I don't have enough money. Do I just throw in the towel and go get an administrative job and make sixty to $80,000 a year? Because I had that option. And I remember thinking, no, no, I'm going big or I'm going home. And I borrowed $30,000 out of my 401k to help us survive. And that, we all have these defining moments. You know, if we're always thinking, well, maybe I should get a, another job or maybe I should do this, you're denying yourself the commitment you need to make this work. Kind of burning that bridge, right? Yes, yes. And yeah. I, I see that a lot. And a lot of times when I'm coaching women, I'll say, okay, here's what I want you to do. I want you to give it six months. You're not even going to think about that for six months. Let's park it over here and let's go for this. And that really changes the energy, the focus, the trajectory. It's all about, I'm so glad that you brought that up because it's all about the way that we frame it, right? And we, so what you encountered was that fear factor, Yes. Yeah, right. Like, like, oh my gosh. And I that was survival fear factor. Yeah, totally. Or am I just going to go after, you know, go after it? And which one is scarier, right? Because some of us, the staying in that fear place where I'm just going to go be and not just go be, but, but the, yeah, thing to play smaller. If you would have chose to go and be an administrator, right? Right. And so safe and safe is not my middle name. No. And so for anyone who's listening to this, and I'm guessing if you are listening to this, you're all about wanting to play bigger, or maybe you are trying to play bigger, but that's a huge mental part, right? Adrian, I mean, and some, yes. And you know, as you're saying this, in many cases, we'll do it for others sooner than we'll do it for ourselves. Because when I thought about that, I thought, no, this is not what I want for my kids. I wanted a very comfortable life for my kids. Now, had I not had my three kids, things would have been different. And that thought process really permeated a lot of the decisions I made in my practice, meaning my kids were my priority. And so everything I did in building my business allowed me to be a mother first. I didn't do events. I hosted events. I didn't do events at night. I wouldn't be away from my kids. I would finish my day at three o'clock so I could be with them when I got home after, after school. What that did is force me to really, everything I did in my business was intentional and would have a wow impact. Otherwise, I wasn't going to do it because it wasn't worth the time. 
I'd sit in front of a client or a potential client. And if I thought, why am I spending time in front of this client who doesn't really appreciate what I do? I'm stealing time away from my kids. Mm -hmm. And so it allowed me to be, um, it it created a filter that forced me to play a bigger game. So when I'm listening to you, I'm hearing you say you knew it, you know, in in Fuel the Fire, we talk about the summit goals, right? The whole summit goal framework. So the summit you're working to get towards to the top of whatever that big fat goal is. So it sounds like you had two and they went together. They they were uh, married together. So one was to be successful as a financial advisor. Number two was to have kids that were comfortable, that were yes. safe financially and, and emotionally. Right. So that, so those went together in the way that you were yes. planning, but you were very clear on what that looked like. And then what you did was you took the action steps to make sure that you were approaching that goal consistently. And it says, it sounds like you were, you may not have had it written down, you know, right. Fire. Well, you know how I am. I'm always like, you need to write down your goals. What yes. Goals? Yes. Pounding it over people's head. But for you, you were so clear. You knew that the parameters of yes or no, there was kind of like a black and a white. Yes. It sounds like when you were making those decisions. Yes. And you know, when I built my practice, This was um, back in the late 90s. I focused on women and the industry basically said, oh, you're too narrow. Oh, you're going to turn off the men. Oh, you won't make it. Well, I did make it. In fact, I made it. I exceeded everybody's expectations. And that's what allowed me to become a national training officer at Smith Barney. So you said and I, you know that I'm a proponent as well. What you want, you write it down. You do a vision board, right? You do your goals. The goals don't always have to be technical goals. And, but I do believe that when you are really, really clear in your head as to what you want and your priorities, it's automatic. Yeah, it's automatic. It's when we take on other people's perception of success that we fail because it's not ours. We're not really in it. We're not passionate. It's not our core value. It's not. Yes. Yes. So, so true. How many people have you met over the years, Adri? You know, the engineers, the doctors, the lawyers, whoever it is who did it because their parents wanted them to or because they felt like they needed to. And they are so unhappy. I can't tell you how many people I talk to or people that come in to fuel the fire that I'm seeing more now who left corporate and they, you know, they because they always felt like they needed to um, bring in a certain amount of money or they needed to live this, create this life that was really for someone else. It was never right. about them. Then they come to me at their late 40s, 50s, even 60s, and they're depressed. They are. Yes, forced. they're tired. They've lost energy. Because they never fulfilled what lit them up. I, I get a lot time. of those calls from female financial advisors who have achieved success. Maybe they've got a hundred million under management. They've got a thriving practice and they'll call me and they'll say, you know, I got a great business. I live a good life. I'm just not sure where to go next. And so when I start talking to them about building out of what they've done and everything they did 
majority of it was built or designed by men to help male advisors attract male clients. And so they're burnt out because that the, the, the methods that they were taught and the only methods out there promoted were designed for men, not women. But they they just knuckle through it and achieve success. And now all of a sudden, it's just not there. And so when they realize they can create this new boutique practice designed to empower and engage women clients, oh, my God, they get so excited. And they now know we're not taking every client. Here's your brilliance up here. Stay there. So it's it's almost like a paradigm shift. Exactly. And it's sad that it it takes so long. But once they find it, it doesn't matter how old you are. Once you find it and you're taking action steps towards what you really want. Oh, right yeah. Step, everything shifts almost immediately, right? Because you have control and you. Yes. How, I mean, with you, you've seen me with fuel the fire. It is yes. not that easy, right? Yeah. And, um, but because I love it so much, and I'm so behind the mission of what we're about with you know empowering women yes. to play bigger and to make more of an impact in their lives and in their families' lives and in their communities. I get up every day, brush my knees off, you know, dust myself off, and and go. But that's that's what happens when you're in alignment. What yes, what you do is embedded in you. What I do, I focused on women as a financial advisor, and today I run a coaching practice helping female advisors and male advisors attract more female clients, right? It's embedded. And what what women don't understand is when it is a mission, right? You're basically on a mission and it's and you've built a business around your mission. Mm-hmm. And your mission is to help women play a bigger game. Yeah. Okay. My mission is embedded in a business. And so what we're doing is truly, truly living our mission. And we own it. We own it. We own it. And it, and it, you know, every business goes through, you know, high times and low times. And, in when it's a mission, the low times almost drive you. It, it, that's why you have to have that alignment, right? Yeah. Because yes. you're going to get knocked out at the knees and punched in the gut. And so you have to have something to pick you up. Otherwise, it's easy to stay on the ground. And yes. Yeah. Instead, you come up and do a, a, a high kick and a karate chop. <laughs> totally. And you just keep going, right? I totally agree. Okay. We are shifting gears now and we're going to play a game. Okay. You ready? Yeah. Okay. So I know that you're married and you're happily married and your husband's fabulous. However, in this game, you get a hall pass and you can choose anyone that you want to go on a sky's the limit date. And this is about business. And so I'm going to give you three people that you can choose from, but -hmm. you can also fill in the blank with someone else that you want to do that. that (laughs) Someone that you would want to go on a date with. Make sense? Okay. So here are your three options and you can choose someone else. So number one, Richard Branson. Number two, Warren Buffett. 
So this means that you can go out with them all day long. You can ask them whatever questions you want. They will take you on their plane, their yacht. They'll take you to a special island, whatever you want to do. Um, And the third one, who should we give you? Let's give you someone really kind of fun. So how about Michael Jordan? Ooh. Well, first, I was hoping you would say um, Tony Robbins. Okay, you can ask Tony Robbins. So Tony Robbins, that would be unbelievable. But I would say Michael Jordan, because oh. Michael Jordan was so driven, was so driven. Um, he had almost a, you know, he had blinders on. And, you know, there's a lot that I didn't like. It would either be that or Warren Buffett. But Warren Buffett, I need that energy person, you know, that driver, that pusher. That's why I Robbins. Oh, yeah. I'd go on a date with him any day because I just think what he does inspires everybody to be their biggest and their best. Totally agree. Okay, so next question. If you had to make out, if you got to make out with any of them, who did you want to make out with? Um, who was the first one? Richard Branson. Probably He's Richard done. Branson. Yeah. 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 I think he might be my, well, it depends on the day. But yes. Yeah. Good answer. All right. We won't tell your husband. That's okay. Remember, it's a hall pass. <laughs> Adri, where can people find out about you? Where can they go? Uh, FemexAdvisor.com. You know, if you're a, and and typically I work in the financial industry, but um, if you're a financial advisor and you really want to leverage and create a practice that is, that it redefines success on your terms, then give us a call or reach out or contact us or participate in a program. But for those of you outside of my industry, I highly recommend Midori. She is so very much like me. I guess that's why I like you. <laughs> like a track flight. Yes. So well, thank you. I so appreciate it. But I think it's because we are very aligned in yes. what we're to achieve, right? And so yeah. um, it makes sense. I always well, love talking with you. Thank you so much for being here. Well, and- thank you for having me. All right. I love what you're doing and you just keep doing it. And ladies, reach out. She's got all kinds of programs at all kinds of levels. And, you know, I was going to say earlier in the call, women hesitate to invest in themselves because it feels selfless. They're always at the bottom of the priority list. This is one of the biggest mistakes they can make. Invest in a coach. Most of the big players in business have had coaches in all kinds of areas and at different times in their life. Coaching is not just for sports. Completely agree. Yeah, it's a big it's a big issue. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome.